Well, hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to another week of our podcast called This is Hillcrest. My name is Fred Schmidt, and we are excited to kind of close out our summer sermon series uh, with this series of podcasts called Together We Believe, where week in and week out, we've had the just the pleasure to share some brief conversations with some of our own people, uh, looking at how we can all practically and tangibly apply what we've been learning on Sunday mornings to experience more life and joy with Jesus. And our quest uh, has been to kind of close this gap between what we believe in our minds to be true and what we experience, what we live out as real in our lives. So today we are going to be looking at the life of ongoing spiritual transformation. And it's pretty exciting. We've got three Bartosics here in the room. We've got David, of course, and then our special guest is Casey Bartosik, and we have Eden uh, with us too. So uh, welcome to our podcast. And Casey, I'm just gonna throw it to you to introduce yourself and, and tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, and uh, different ways you're connected around here at Hillcrest. And how wonderful that it's gonna be primarily Casey sharing her story rather than, I mean, we get to hear from me from time to time. Now we actually get to hear what the uh, the uh, <laughs> what the better half, what has, the better to say. half yes. has to say? <laughs> yes, absolutely. I am a mother. I have four children. I have seven-year-old twin girls, and a six-year-old son, and an eight-month-old daughter. I have been married for twelve years to David, and that is how I became connected to Hillcrest. Is when. Um, David and I made the decision to move here and be part of Hillcrest and it's been such a gift to us and I also get the opportunity to help Aaron um, with some children's ministry things and I've gotten to participate in women's Bible study and part of a life group. 12 years of wedded bliss and Casey reminded me on Sunday that there should be a caveat to my story about getting towed. What would you add to that story? case that you felt like wasn't uh, that what that you didn't fully. share that you really made yourself the hero was <laughs> that he told me to park there and then I got towed from where he told me to park details uh, <laughs> details wow uh-huh. <laughs> always but that was still part of him winning you over that he actually followed up and paid for that or were you about to turn and head the other direction no it helped in okay. his yeah it helped he needed a lot of help so it helped <laughs> Oh, so today we're, we're, we're trying to unpack a little bit more about what it means, this life of ongoing spiritual transformation. So Casey, if you could kind of go back uh, to some of your earliest memories of Jesus, uh, how, how did your faith begin uh, in those early stages? So I grew up in a Christian home. My dad is a pastor um, and my parents passionately pursue Jesus and love him. And so I grew up in that environment, so it was part of my everyday life. Um, And then when I was little, I did, you know, the ask Jesus into my heart. But for me, I don't believe that is when my true conversion happened. I would say my true conversion happened when I was 17. When I was 17, we moved to California 
from Seattle and I began um, being involved in the youth group and there were kind of two factors I would say that led me to my true conversion. I would say the first one was for me working through the idea of that God is holy and that I am not um, and that I am full of sin and that he would be completely just in sending me to hell and that, that was what I deserved. And for me, that was a big idea to walk through that, to understand that, to, ex to accept that, and to realize that this gift he gives me, I do not deserve. And mm. that was huge for me. And I would say other people, that he worked through other people. I saw leaders and peers of mine who loved Jesus and had this joy and were living a different life than I had seen before potentially from other Christians that I knew of my same age and how it impacted the decisions they were making, how it impacted how they treated each other, um, the things they pursued, how they lived their life. Um, and that was impactful for me, um, I think, in making the choice of, this is not my parents' faith, this is not um, just what is right, this is what I want, um, that God offers me this gift and I want it desperately and I want to experience more joy in my life, and so I was baptized, mm. and I took my first communion when I was 17. Prior to 17, so you're mm -hmm. growing up in a Christian home, yep. your dad is a pastor, mm -hmm. all those years. What was your what was your faith based on in those years? I, I hear at 17, you know, you start to understand God's grace and his holiness and our, our sinfulness. Tease that apart a little bit more before you got to that point. I think part of it was just because that's what we did as a family, right? Mm -hmm. Like that was the norm. It was normal to me. It was fun. I had fun at going to church. I had friends. It was social. There, yeah, and I was like a good kid. Like I just, I wasn't really ever interested in these other things. And I think, yeah, that was a lot of that was God's protection. But it was just, yeah, that family thing that we did. And and I think my parents were great at showing what it looked like to find your greatest joy in Jesus, but and encouraging questions and discussion. And I never felt pressured to make a decision or forced to make a decision. It was always, this is a decision um, you have to make for your life. And it was modeled for me very well, I think. And then at 17, you start to try to figure this out for yourself. Yeah, and that was like years. I can remember specific discussions with leaders talking about this idea of hell and saying, well, do you believe that you deserve to go there? And for me, for a while, it was like, no, mm -hmm. I'm not that bad. And so I think working mm -hmm. through that and the understanding of that when I came to that was huge for me. Because what a concept, right? Sometimes you grow up in the church and you don't really realize what you're being saved from. Mm -hmm. uh, because you hear so often about these ideas of hell before you really feel the weight. And, and I hear Casey developing. It wasn't that these were new ideas, but there was a reality of, of what it meant that God was legally declaring her righteous. Mm -hmm. uh, apart from anything that she had done, but only through uh, the work and person of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And then actually began seeing visible fruit manifest in her life. Mm -hmm. And Casey, I love this. You are being like super mom here. You've got Eden <laughs> juggling her around and uh, uh, you're doing everything while you're doing a podcast. This is, <laughs> this is fantastic. So, so at 17, you have this experience, and then 
What difference did that make to you in your life? I mean, how did you approach life differently? Did you understand that even at that point you hadn't like fully arrived and that there was, there was a journey ahead? I think, yeah, coming to this realization did, it, I think was changing the intent behind the things I was doing, right? Because I'd always been a good kid who just did what I was supposed to do. And I think for me, it was changing the heart and the intent of why I was making the decisions I was making and what things were important to me and what kind of relationships did I want to invest in and where did I want to spend my time um, and give and when, yeah, just changing that heart of it of how I looked at things. And I mean, really it changes everything, right? Mm -hmm. If you're looking at it through this lens and trusting that God's in it all and he's working through it all. And Fred, I just love providing Casey with opportunities for ongoing spiritual transformation to continue to happen in her life. I mean, like, like patience her, and forgiveness <laughs> and things like that. I'm just yes. a giver. What can I say, Fred? But, but it, it feels like when, when uh, in, in this ongoing journey, sufferings feel to me a way that God, C.S. Lewis says, it's like a megaphone God uses to rouse a deaf world. And, and so it, it's both in the joys of, of hearing from God through his word and being in relationship with other believers, but it also seems that ongoing spiritual transformation is revealed and pressed in the midst of suffering. And so, Casey, when you look back on your life, well, where, where did you experience that joy in Jesus in the midst of suffering as, as uh, that got expressed in your life? I would say the biggest thing I think of is when we came back from Kosova. We had been living there about a year. Um, and I remember writing in my journal, like, while we're in Kosova, I might get emotional, but just, God, I want to, like, feel you more. I want to be closer to you. Um, I want to have a deeper relationship with you. And then we get back from Kosova, and we had been trying to start our family, and it just was not going the way we wanted it to or expected it to. And it had been about a year, and we go to the doctor, and we do some stuff, and they say, well, we just want to tell you, like, it's highly unlikely that you'll ever have a biological child, just with some medical factors. And so we said, okay, what are we going to do? And we pursued some medical options. First we did, um, we did a certain procedure called an IUI. We did it three times, hmm. no success. Hmm. We decided we were going to move on to IVF. And um, first round, no success. Second round, success, we're pregnant. And then things do not go well so that we lose that pregnancy. Hmm. And then we were like, okay, last round um, that we were going to do because it was our last um, embryo. And it did not work. Mm. And we went to our doctor. We were young. I mean, I was, I don't know, 25. And they're just saying, like, 26. And, like, this should be working. We don't know why it's not working. This is what our doctor is telling us. Like, we just got to keep trying. And we just felt like God's telling us, like, I'm not going to build your family this way. Mm. This is not how it's going to be. So then enter the world of foster care. We did. And we had a few placements that we love deeply and we mm -hmm. still love mm -hmm. as they were ours and they left but through that um we have our first three beautiful children such a gift that god answered through that but even with their cases there were times we thought they weren't staying there were times um i was like packing bags preparing for them to leave mm. and so oh man for me so this time this whole 
several years <laughs> that it was for us. It was really hard. There was grief, there was tears, there were pain, but there was also this growing and understanding that God was using all of this to draw me to himself, to find um, my ultimate joy and satisfaction in him. For me, he could not have challenged me in a more pro, uh, more profound way. Like, a, I'd always wanted to be a mom. When he asked me, what do you want to do? I was like, I'm going to be a mom. Like, there was never a profession, anything that was calling to me. So when we had these challenges, it was really, it was hard. But, and yeah, there was pain and grief, but there was still joy and trust. And I mean, we would look at each other and say, if we don't have any kids, like, we're okay. Hmm. Like, we're going to be okay. And we're still happy with us. And so... So what's that like? I mean, mm-hmm. tease that out a little bit more because that's a that's a I think that's what we're looking for is what's between we're going through these challenges to say, mm-hmm. okay, God is using this. We're, we want to find more joy. Yeah. What what's in between that? I, I mean, how does that ha- how did that happen for you? I think growing in trust and relationship with Him is where it was possible and for me it was encouraging too because here I am like the deepest desires of my heart there's it's saying no mm-hmm. but yet I was not we were not feeling desperate we were not feeling mm-hmm. despair we were not feeling hopeless mm-hmm. so even though it was hard there was still hope and I think it was through um also with people who loved us well through it and things God did throughout it to remind us that he was still there and he was still taking care of us um, seeing that, and I think scripture, right? It's huge. He tells us like that he's going to use things, hard things, to draw us closer to himself, mm-hmm. and that it's going to bring us joy, which is just <laughs> sounds nuts, but yeah, to experience it, I think. And I think when we experienced it in a little bit in the beginning, right, in the hard things, right, mm-hmm. in the miscarriage, then when children were leaving our home, we had already seen God to be faithful through the hard things and we had already experienced mm-hmm. that joy and so I think it had increased our trust as we moved into more hard circumstances. Fred, I've watched it, right? I've watched it on display when there is a profound shift in, in your conviction of who Jesus is. When C.S. Lewis says, if there lurks in most modern minds the motion, the notion that to desire our own good and earnestly to hope for the enjoyment of it is a bad thing, I submit that this notion has crept in from Kant and the Stoics and is no part of the Christian life. If indeed we consider the unblemishing promises of reward and the staggering nature of the rewards promised in the Gospels, it would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling around with drink and sex and ambition about jobs, careers, kids, fill in the blank of whatever you think is going to provide meaning in life in comparison when infinite joy is offered to us like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at a sea. We are far too easily pleased. I watched Casey be confronted by something you heard her say, right? Uh, From her earliest age, wanted to be a mom. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and of all the things that God would choose in his infinite wisdom to, to remove for a time, at least in the way that we, uh, that she anticipated it coming. Mm-hmm. And yet, in that moment, I got to watch my wife demonstrate a faith, this mm-hmm. ongoing spiritual transformation where, where she demonstrated by her heart, by her response, that Jesus was better. Now, was there pain? Huh. 
you, yeah. you could feel that, right? You could yeah. see the pain. Yeah. And yet, was there joy? Was there joy even in the midst of pain? And, uh, and seeing that process worked out, not, not the way we would have drawn it up. Well, and that's, I mean, that's kind of, you know, we, we get the privilege of kind of seeing not the end of the story by any means, but, <laughs> but skipping ahead a little bit mm-hmm. to go from this desire to be a mom. That's all you wanted in life was to be a mom in some sense, yeah. to see that challenge and that challenging time unfold and, and so much heartache in different ways, being open-handed with God. Mm. And now today... Four beautiful kids. Mm-hmm. So, so in some of those highlights or victories in life, or, or even in this, as this has unfolded, how has that also helped you to grow in your faith? You know, because the journey's not done, is what I hear you the saying. Journey, it's it's well, not done. Yeah, it, it's not done. But it went from nothing. It went from yeah, all the heartache. I I, I might not be a mom. Yeah. To today, a mom of four. Um, including this surprise. This sweet Uh, surprise, yeah. If anything, just um, how good God has been to us, how gracious he has been to us. Um, Because he didn't have to. Mm. Right? Like, again, above even these wonderful gifts of children, we believe that um, he's a greater gift. Mm -hmm. And he chose to give us these gifts. Um, So it encourages me in that, just um, thankfulness for all he's done and continues to do for us, first our salvation and then these babies but yeah just an overwhelming just thankfulness I guess and kind of of what he has chosen to do um, in our lives so case how might you encourage someone who doesn't find themselves in that place uh, mm-hmm. whether that be because maybe they're stagnant in their own ongoing spiritual journey or, or maybe they've yet to come to treasure Jesus how might you encourage them um, in, uh, in experiencing more joy in Jesus in this ongoing spiritual journey. Sure. And I want to preface this with, we didn't do it perfectly. Mm-hmm. We <laughs> failed and messed up a lot of times, and there were plenty of moments when we could have trusted God more, and we wish we would have. And I think to remember that it's a journey, and I hope, um, but I hope it's a journey that we're growing in, and I hope with Um, every new difficult circumstances we're responding with more trust and more faith but it is a journey and there are yeah we mess up all the time it's not um, done perfectly for people who are still searching um, God loves you he wants you to be happy he tells us that the greatest happiness is to be found in him I would encourage to ask questions I would encourage to get in relationships to talk with other people just live life with people I think some of my greatest encouragement that I've had in my life is seeing other people in my life, how they have responded to challenging circumstances and how I've seen other people's faith and how that encourages me in my own to see God working in other people. Read your Bible. <laughs> um, yeah, his promises are in there and sometimes <laughs> it can feel overwhelming to read or hard to understand, but to do it with other people and um, to remind yourself of those promises that he gives us don't beat yourself up and don't just commit to trying harder but what i love about what you said do remember it is a process and do commit to thinking to discussing 
and praying about God's continued work in your life. Well, thank you so much, David, Casey, Eden, for joining us today. It's been so great to hear how God continues to help you grow in your faith and trust in him through uh, the downs and the ups in life. And we pray that that's an encouragement. I know it's been for me. Pray that it's an encouragement for those who are tuning in. And by the way, this, this kind of concludes our summer series, uh, 12 stories we've gotten a chance to hear um, over the summer. Uh, thank you, listeners, for joining in week in and week out, investing some of your precious time and energy, uh, engaging your mind and awakening your hearts alongside of us as we have heard these beautiful stories from everyday people around here at Hillcrest. We have really appreciated your feedback over the summer. Some of you have come to us to, to tell us how much this has meant to you and how it has made you think differently about your life. And that's been really good for us to hear. And uh, we're looking at some possible podcasts in the future. And so we would love it if you have other feedback for us, uh, both on the side of how this has made a difference in your life and if you have any like technical suggestions for us on how to improve this production uh, for the future, I encourage you to reach out to Jack. Jack has been here every single week as well. Uh, reach out to Jack by his email, uh, jack at hbclife.com. And we would love to hear how you've benefited from this and how we might be able to make some improvements uh, into the future. Uh, and speaking of the future, we are excited about our fall uh, going through the book of James. Uh, our sermon series is going to be called Faith Works. And uh, so we uh, hope you join us for that on Sunday mornings. And we are always looking for stories. If there are ways that God has impacted you, uh, we would love to hear from you as well. You can reach out to, to David or myself or to Jack. Uh, we'd love to hear your stories and see how we might be able to use that. Maybe it'll be in a podcast. Maybe it'll be something we can include on a Sunday morning uh, or something that we can just share with others around us to encourage us. So um, thank you again for joining us. Thank you, Jack for your excellent work in uh, getting this podcast out to God's people. We look forward to next time. Thank you.